Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to lie to all the people you care about. That's right. It's Cooking with Irma. What? What? I'm lying. Oh. Welcome to Grunt Work, everybody, the all-inclusive podcast about the TV show Home Improvement. I'm Landon. <laughs> I was with you the entire time, Solano, uh, joined always by Truman. Is that mahogany? Caps. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just sorry that I don't get an infidelity-related uh, nickname for mine. I'm, the, I'm just the wood guy, Yeah, I well, I figured you're in the relationship. I'm not, uh, so, uh, you know, just to keep things nice and clean. So what you're saying is, I've got wood. <laughs> You're trying to you, keep you, things clean. That's, I mean, it's been a while since I've been in a relationship, but that's what being in a relationship is like. You just have an erection 24 hours a day. I, I, I know, which is why no relationship should last longer than four hours. Unless <laughs> you're dating a doctor. Consult a doctor if your relationship lasts more than the date. This is the real problem with healthcare in this country, man. I haven't been able to talk to a doctor about this, and my relationship's coming up on five months. Oh, my God. Truman, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm, I'm doing well, aside from, uh, aside from having a boner for five months. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just plugging along, loving life, being 100% truthful to everyone I talk to all the time. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, not a whole lot has happened this week. It's, you know, we're just coming off the holiday season, so it's like uh, playing a pickup game here. Uh, <laughs> pick up the pieces of your life that have been destroyed by holiday family feuds. Yeah, yeah. Or just watching family feud with your family. <laughs> or arguing about whether or not to watch family feud with your family. Yeah. That is the most meta of the feuds. <laughs> uh, I'll take it one step even meta-er. Uh, Richard Carn. Just Richard Carn. Just 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 tossing Richard Carn <laughs> out there. I'm gonna was the host of the feud for a while. Oh, he was. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, this is how little I, I uh, prep I've done for no. these things. <laughs> Don't you think? Wouldn't it be great if the Hatfields and the McCoys had just gone on Family Feud to get all their their <laughs> just... troubles out? I, I guess so. The... We, okay. they would have to pull a lot smaller of a sample size of the <laughs> the country at that point. <laughs> I, so... What raccoon? <laughs> species best grills over an open fire who poisoned ma's still <laughs> uh yeah i'm i'm realizing now also maybe i don't watch enough daytime game shows family feud isn't two families who hate each other it's just two families <laughs> right competing against each other yeah. feuding amongst themselves survey says you're correct oh okay wait is it do surveys say things on 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 family, on family feud? yeah yeah they they pose the thing and then he you know they give the answer, mm -hmm. the proposed answer, and uh, the host goes, survey says, <laughs> or ding. Okay, okay. So now can you um, can you explain countdown to me as well? <laughs> that one I cannot. Okay. Uh, I feel like you have to ask someone uh, from over the over the pond. Okay, okay. Well, what about Price is Right? Price is Right? Um, consumerism. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, $64,000 Pyramid? Consumerism. <laughs> <laughs> is there a socialist game show? I wonder where you get you get as much as everyone else has. <laughs> everyone in the actually no, Oprah is the socialist game oh, show because every episode everybody gets something. Everybody wins a prize. I never for watching the show. I never watch it. So there you go. That's well, why. Well, of course you got it. Yeah, man. You can't. You can't if I had watched play. Oprah from my couch, would there have been a car underneath my couch? Would Oprah have snuck into my apartment overnight and snuck a Lexus under my car? Oprah. Car? Oh, well. 
Yo, dog, I heard you like cars. Uh, Oprah's pretty amazing. I don't think she could do that. I think you actually have to go to an Oprah taping mm. to to get the free stuff. Gotcha. Um, I'm still waiting on my car. I re- what I will always remember is, and I, I think this was on Talk Soup or something years ago, but they, she did the famous episode where it's like, okay, everybody, you get a car, you get a car, you get <laughs> right. a car. She buys 500 people a car. And then, like, the next episode that they taped after that, which is probably a week later or the next day, the audi- every audience member gets $1,000 to donate to a charity of their choice. And the whole thing's <laughs> just like, how pissed would you be to be in the second audience and not the first one? Uh, I don't know, because you still got to pay taxes on that shit um, yeah i mean but if you sell the but what isn't what they always do they sell the car that they get and then I'm yeah, not, i guess you could i mean it depends on the audience member i get well yeah i don't know it seems like a bum rap let's not go on a game show let's <laughs> let's make our own show with no visual component where we talk about an old uh TV indeed show. do you have a uh, synopsis for this week i do not i am totally unprepared. son of a bitch no 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 let me let me just just whiff something off the dome then i guess i'll just make it up <laughs> tim's best friend dave puts him in an awkward position when he asks him to lie to his girlfriend and jill's best friend karen Dave wants Tim to say that they had lunch together yesterday, whereas Dave was actually seeing another woman. Now, despite this ethical quandary, Tim goes along with it, which gets him into hot water with Jill when she finds out that Tim was lying about Dave having an affair on Karen. And it gets even hotter water with Dave when when he finds out that... Okay, folks, let me start this again. (laughs) This is what happens when you go off the dome. There's a lot lot of ins and outs to this episode. (laughs) Tim has a friend named Dave. You may remember that uh, Jill set Dave up with Karen a few episodes ago when Tim was having the work party to try and put the hot rod together. Yeah, on heavy metal. Yes. Jared. Jared. Dave. Dave? A bunch of Subway sandwiches come in, and then we have to remove the boys from the situation. (laughs) Yes, Mark and Brad and Randy all go running out the door. Uh, Okay. There's just so many. Dave. 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 Meet Dave. (laughs) Dave comes in. He has a bunch of little Eddie Murphys driving him around like a gigantic robot suit. Do you think there's a porn version called Dave's Meat? So, I mean, the, I think my biggest complaint about the movie Meet Dave is that there's never... That, that we never see the control room for his penis. We never <laughs> see what right. that is like. Although we do get the best scene in movie history where where Meet Dave wins the Coney Island hot dog eating contest by eating like 6,000 hot dogs. Then he says to Elizabeth Banks, I'm sorry, my colon is impacted. And then he goes into the bathroom and into the toilet stall and you just see the top of Eddie Murphy's head standing there and then you hear robot noises and just ploosh, 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 ploosh <laughs> as 300 chili dogs are emptied out of Dave. Oh my goodness. Were we doing the synopsis for this uh, episode? I don't know. We have a few plooshes in this cold open eventually, but why don't we finish the synopsis first? Before we started this one, we were both saying like, okay, the episodes have been running long recently. We need to stay on task. <laughs> Tim's friend Dave has put him in an awkward position because he's asked him to lie to Karen, who he's dating. Uh, he wants Tim to say to Karen that uh, Tim and Dave had lunch together yesterday, whereas actually Dave was off seeing another woman. Tim is saying to Dave, no, 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 I, I don't want to do this. This is wrong. Karen is Jill's best friend. Jill set you two up. But Dave is a slimy guy, and he he makes Tim go through with it. Uh, Jill quickly finds out that Tim has lied because Tim can't keep a secret from Jill. And then Dave, uh, the next time he sees Jill, quickly finds out that Jill knows. So then he's furious at Tim. Meanwhile, on the set of Tool Time, Al is trying to identify wood by scent. 
And uh, in the backyard, Brad, Mark, and Randy are trying to build a garbage catapult to get revenge on some neighborhood bullies. <laughs> uh, indeed. And this episode oh. is called... This episode is called... Ow. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is called Big Little Lies. Oh, I like that title. Uh, you know, there's, there's actually another show called that. Yes, right. Uh, this is just a, a little, little too ahead of the curve there. Uh, no, this episode has one of <laughs> the most confounding titles. Oh, God. This, this is a show of confounding titles, <clears throat> so this has got to be pretty confounding. It's called Let's Did Lunch. That's bad. <laughs> That's not even fair to ask me to try and guess that one. Let's Did Lunch? Yeah. Ugh. No. Really? Yeah. Wow. L- okay. Um, just off the dome. Lie me up, lie me down. <laughs> um, because I'm sure a lot of Home Improvement fans are into Antonio Banderas's early work. Uh, um, de- 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 Decepticons. <laughs> Deception Pass, which is a landmark in yeah. Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I haven't got a better title, but that one. Let's did lunch. Great. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I think they put less thought into it than you did. Yeah. Uh, and I did not. I don't put a lot of thought into anything I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is a... But no, this episode is about it was about truth and lies and kind of a comedy of manners? No, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's... Before we go into the through line of this episode, I want to just really rush through the kids' uh, storyline in this. Because <clears throat> there's only two or three... Many, 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 many scenes. Yeah. Um, so let's make like let's make like Canada's favorite rock band and rush on through. <laughs> so this is leading to the the continued idea that there is some weird territory dispute going on in this <laughs> suburb of Detroit. Yeah. Uh, we these kids have been dealing. These streets are rough. Is all I'm saying. I've been I've heard a lot about how dangerous Detroit is with the gang scene there. I just didn't realize it was opposing upper middle class middle schoolers <laughs> making trebuchets. Yeah. So so Mark comes home uh, in the beginning, the first scene of the kids uh, covered in mud, head to toe, as uh, Brad and Randy are complaining about. Uh, I can't remember the name of the family. Oh man, it's the it, the McDonald's, the McConnell's, Mc someone. Yeah, it's always a it's the Mc- poils or the yeah uh that you know they're they need to get revenge on them they have covered mark head to toe in mud as i just said and randy is trying to come up with an idea to get back and he's looking through one of the uh, encyclopedias that were in the background of many many oh yeah scenes. yeah one of their internets yeah, yeah he's exactly. just he's just leafing through their internet yeah <laughs> and comes up with the idea of a catapult. Yes. Which, not too dissimilar from last week's episode, where they're trying to I, launch Mark. <laughs> they had they had so much good launching objects through the backyard material <laughs> last week that they had to they had to make two episodes Spilled out of it. Spilled over into this one. Made a whole bunch of catapult stew <laughs> and they had enough to go for two weeks. Um what I found kind of weird about this, uh Randy you could do literally any scalding hot soup. You could do anything. Randy wants to put a dead thing on this catapult. Uh, it's like it's just it, it locks in perfectly with everything a young serial killer would want. He's, <laughs> yeah. They're saying like, oh, they would launch a dead, diseased horse into the yeah. enemy camp, and he's like, well, let's get the neighbor's dog. It's almost dead. <laughs> I don't know why so it sounds like weird. Why does he sound like Joe Bluth when I do it? <laughs> That's his inner monologue. That vil, real evil, deep uh, baritone voice. Illusions, Michael. <laughs> um, and then they eventually do. They they 
create this catapult, decide to launch garbage over. Yeah. I'm a little I what took me by surprise is that apparently they share a fence not just with Wilson, but with another family. The, this whole neighborhood, the floor plan of their house, the facade of their house, how the backyards are laid out, where the weeds and the grass are, like there is so much of this backyard that we're not seeing that must be behind the camera. There must be yeah. an expansive lawn large enough to necessitate a supercharged riding lawnmower and weed <laughs> right. whacker. And I guess a whole other house. Like it's like Wilson's fence. I, I don't know. I don't know. Is, is it like a quadrant thing where there's just kind of a, a four? But th- here's the thing that throws me through a loop too: is that the garage that is facing that direction as well. So how can you have a house and a garage with your driveway heading toward another person's house? None of it makes sense to me. The, the, this neighborhood, much like a woman's legs that go all the way up, just kind of goes into a mysterious area that we can't understand <laughs> that makes no, no logical sense and uh, then yeah. turns into a butt. So yeah. <laughs> so there's a butt at the end of the street. Um, anyhow, they, then they get re- – uh, the neighbors get revenge and Tim gets doused with garbage. Yeah, the, the boys launch their garbage and run off. Like yeah. Conveniently, the, the McConnell kids are in their backyard. I'm just assuming that these are, I guess, Mitch McConnell's children. <laughs> the McConnell kids are in their backyard. The yeah. original Hatfield Listen, we already McCoy's. have Bessie DeVos. We don't yeah. need another. Please don't put him on us. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. It's uh, the, uh, the, um, the, the McCubenstoggen kids. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can't wait for you to remember that one next time you bring it up. I'm not going to. <laughs> the, the evil boys, whose faces we never see are in their backyard the taylor kids yell at them hey boys they don't except that's they don't do that they're not like you know hey boys they're not they're not bugs bunny pretending to be a girl bunny and like seduce elmer fudd or something well i well i guess no he wouldn't be seducing elmer fudd as a girl bunny unless elmer fudd has got a furry situation going. I, don't know, I don't know so that's always been a little confusing uh, yeah because does he actually seduce elmer fudd in a that's of there's I, a I very gray area there that's uh i don't think we've ever gotten a definitive answer you, you spend so much time out in the woods hunting wabbits but you, you know you kind of lose track of yourself it's like when you go undercover with the mob eventually sometimes you you go too deep yeah exactly uh so they they Shout for the boys, they launch a bunch of garbage, the Taylor kids run off, and yeah. then Tim is in the backyard a second later, and then I guess the the other kids have built their own catapult and yeah, gathered right? their own garbage. I didn't even think about that right this second. Like, how do they get the garbage to shoot back over? It, is it some sort of Cold War type situation where, like, the only reason they made a catapult was because they knew the other guys were making a catapult? <laughs> a catapult race. That, like, does that, does that mean... Which which of the three boys is Doctor Strange love then? Like is is that is that Brad? Uh, I, I I like to imagine that there's just like another kid that we haven't seen yet in the neighborhood that's just kind of rolling around in a wheelchair like an ex Nazi. Mister Taylor, I can walk. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, so that's, that's Backyard Wars, that yeah. accounts for maybe 5% of the episode, yeah, but not was... even, but I just, I think it's funny that there is some sort of turf war going on, yeah. uh, it's like Thunderdome out there on the streets of Hamtramck. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, I really wish that that was like a quote in newspaper about this, like, local <laughs> resident Landon Solano says, it's like Thunderdome out there. <laughs> uh, but let's go into the deep dive of the, the actual theme of this episode. Yeah, well... So, for first, just first and foremost, in our cold open, 
Uh, Tim and Al are there um, varnishing or lacquering or... Yeah, on the set of tool time. Yeah, they're putting something on top of a little bedside table. The Home Improvement logo is just chilling out next to Tim, (laughs) and it's chilling there for a long time, not moving, and then Tim walks past it, and it wipes out of existence behind his legs. Yeah, Uh, it does. That was remarkably tasteful for this show, especially given (laughs) some of the transition nonsense they give us later. Yeah, but you know what? It's also not a transition. It's just a thing that happens in a scene. Yes, but I'm just saying they employed subtlety here where, where like, I would not have been surprised if the Home Improvement logo had, like, sidled up to the screen and knocked on it and been like, <laughs> hey, guys, you're watching a TV show now, and then, like, gets in a little car and drives away. Uh, but instead, that is something to look forward to, I'm sure. <laughs> well, it grows legs. I know this. Yes. I've seen, it, yeah. it, like, walks across the screen. Yeah, later. yeah. But it's just weird that, you know, it's not a transition into or out of anything, and it just is a logo in the middle of a scene uh that is just there it's weird i don't know there's no reason for it to be there i think the suits at abc said hey guys you want to do these cold opens fine but you need some way to let people know what show they're watching right away because <laughs> the poster child of the show <laughs> opening the episode is not enough of a giveaway <laughs> yeah no it, it's it, it would just be too subtle for the <laughs> for the uh people of uh primetime tv just to tune into a uh a home improvement show and go god damn i don't know if i'm watching home improvement or if i'm watching full house here or or, or to yeah, maybe they needed to have the Home Improvement logo there because otherwise people would see the Tool Time segments and think they were actual tool advice. <laughs> there was the, the number of emergency room admissions skyrocketed because all these people were, you know, putting their super powerful saws and leaving them unattended. <laughs> yeah. Is Tim Allen hosting uh, America's Funniest Home Videos now? I don't know what show this is. That would that would be a good fit for him, honestly. I actually think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tom Bergeron can't do that forever, <laughs> unless he can. Um... Who knows? Robo Bergeron. Yeah, I think he's kind of a puppet anyway. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so in this this uh, Tool Time opening scene, uh, Al posits that he uh, believes that he can sniff out the uh, grain of wood uh, so well that he could do it blindfolded. Yeah, it's sort of a sort of a Pepsi challenge of wood, if you will. <laughs> yeah. uh, t- Tim puts him to the test and says, okay, well, well, if we blindfold you and give you wood to smell, would you be able to do it? Um, Al accepts the challenge. Yeah. Uh, also, <laughs> Tim says to him, well, Al's, Al's defense, like, Tim is making fun of Al for having such a useless skill. Yeah. Al's defense of it is, if you were lost in the woods in the middle of the night, you'd be thankful because you could sniff your way back to safety. <laughs> <laughs> But we've already seen that uh, we've seen a situation in which that would have been helpful. Yeah, back in Baby, it's cold outside. If only, yeah, if only Al had been there, you could have sniffed <laughs> right back to the. Oh, but also, could you sniff your way back to safety? Like, are there different kinds of trees closer mm. to? Like, like I feel like if you were lost in the woods in the middle of the night and you could smell different types of wood, you'd be like, okay, I'm definitely in a forest, definitely surrounded by trees. <laughs> There's not, like, anything, it's not, like, some sort of homing beacon where it's, like, oh, the city's that way. (laughs) Yeah, right. I do think um, you probably get better, uh, you get better orientation through other senses, like your eyes seeing where the moss is growing or where the sun is positioned in the sky. The the middle of the forest is actually the worst place to be when the skill you're relying on is ability to smell wood. I would think that if you were in the desert... I would want to be able to smell. Wait, do I do I get catch a slightest odor of a palm tree? That must mean the oasis is that way, and then you find the oasis. Right? Yeah. Um, I if I were to be lost anywhere within the woods, I would like to be in the center of the woods because that means no matter what direction I walk in is going to be equal distance to safety. <laughs> okay, that's 
Wow, that's an interesting way to think about it. If I had to be lost in the woods, I would rather be lost as close to civilization as possible so I could just walk back quickly. Yeah, but you're lost, so you don't know what direction it is. So the tragedy would be you being found, either Mm. alive or dead, and... Uh, realizing you should have walked, you know, a quarter mile backwards, but you walked 15 miles in the wrong direction. So you would rather be equidistant from all hopes of rescue rather than take the chance (laughs) that you're super close to rescue just because you don't want to have a poetic irony in your death. Yeah, I guess so. I think, yeah, that might be a little nihilistic of me, but... uh... No, man, hey, I get it. I get it. (laughs) Better to be be mourned and not laughed at. Yes. Yeah. Um, Let's bring this back to this episode. How we try. (laughs) How we try. <laughs> uh, we go into the theme song from Tool Time, unless you had something more about that. Uh, after Tim challenges Al to the uh, Pepsi challenge yes. of wood, and I'm still trying to think of a type of wood that starts with a P so I can do a joke out of it. Pine. Pine C challenge. <laughs> anyway, Tim walks off set and uh, globs of varnish start to fly out of the varnish can and splatter all over the screen and then transition us to the opening credits. Yeah, and, and what looked like... It looked like... It looked, it was a very scatological yeah, why, why words? Yeah, It was just little turds flying out of a bucket toward the screen. And that's honestly, that, but that's what every transition looks like to me. It's just turds flying <laughs> in my face out of the screen. Every transition on Home Improvement is a poop transition. Uh, we get some really weird ones in this one. But it, it, this one in particular, I literally said, nope, no, that's not okay. I'm, I'm glad that they're finally breaking you. I remember last week I said that I couldn't feel pain anymore. And both, A, I felt a little pain this week, so I'm not yeah. totally dead. But B, now... They didn't used to make you crazy, and now I can see it happening. And it <laughs> well, there were two in this episode. One, the I mean, the fact that it just looked like turds was <laughs> was <laughs> enough to like that. This could be this could be any movie could have a turd transition, and I'd be upset by it. It's not a home improvement thing. Um, and then the other one later in the episode, we get a weed transition. And hey, am I right, folks? Four twenty. Eh, Doug Benson. Am I right, folks? Yeah. Um, and the weeds just looked. So like like MS Paint. I've seen better clip art than exactly. I didn't know what they were for a second coming on the screen. Right. So my my pain for it was less the transition and more uh, just bad design. Uh, Your your pain was was it wasn't even at the transition. It was you thinking that your TV had somehow broken and all these green things were blooming (laughs) up on the the, exactly these these weird (laughs) pixelated semi translucent green things that look nothing like weeds. Yes. So opening credits, mm-hmm. uh, Tim puts propellers on the house as usual. It did this time listening to the theme song, kind of made me want to learn the guitar uh, <laughs> just so that I could play the the theme. Please, if you do that, please like go to UCLA or City College or something and sit on the quad with like uh, like with like a beanie <laughs> and some cargo shorts and just start strumming strumming it and like wait for people to gather. Like start by playing Wonderwall and let people get around and then straight into home improvement and see how long until they, they all run off. Fair. Um, uh, yeah, so the theme song takes us into the backyard, um, which is where we see the territory disputes that we just discussed. Yeah. Um, eventually we, we transition inside. T- Tim has got a souped up weed whacker yeah. that he wants to test out, even though there's not really a lot of weeds back there. Yeah. He's wearing a helmet for some reason. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, step in the right direction, Tim. Safety gear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Given given what that weed whacker does to his dockers, I'm glad that he had a helmet on. <laughs> uh, so he's going outside to test his weed whacker, and then at the same time, uh, Karen arrives with Dave. Yeah. Do you remember Dave from uh, uh, Heavy, Heavy Metal? Metal? Yeah. In stereo. 
Uh, Dave, <laughs> let me just say this. Dave is not played by Bruce Campbell, but Dave looks like he's played by Bruce Campbell's brother. Like <laughs> I could see that. He's got he's got that sort of the the chin isn't as prominent, but he's mm-hmm. got that very all-American quarterbacky kind of look. Yeah. The, the kind of guy who is like so good-looking in a it's not it's not like good-looking in the way that like uh Ryan Gosling or George Clooney yeah. is, but he's kind of like you I could see you being the most handsome guy in the small town that you're from. Are you professing your sexual attraction to Bruce Campbell on our show here? I, obviously, I wouldn't. Even, <laughs> I've been professing it just in general anywhere I can. Um, I feel like Bruce Campbell would be a good fit for this show uh, for a number of reasons. Yes, uh, he's from Michigan. Oh yeah. Um, and 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 now now he lives on a tulip ranch in Oregon. Does he really? Yeah, he's got a little oh. bit of the best of, of both worlds. And. And, 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 I share a birthday with him. You share a birthday with him? <laughs> Let's get him on the show. Mr. Campbell, I, I'm, we're sure you're a fan. Please. <laughs> get, uh, you know, if you're, I think you live in Josephine, Oregon, which should be close to Medford. I think there's an airport there, so you can probably fly into Burbank. Anyway, come down. Guests are on our show. <laughs> there you go. Bruce Campbell facts. Uh, no, but we <laughs> Bruce's do. Bruce's Corner. <laughs> Bruce's Corner. We do get, uh, yeah, Dave, played by uh, Tony Carrario. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not sure. But Betsy Randall's back again in another uh, appearance that I think now surpasses Jenny Sudarsky. Oh, she, uh, yeah, Jessica Jen, Wesson. Jen, Jenny Sudarsky hasn't been around in a while. Well, it's not since Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. But, it was only a couple episodes ago. Yeah, but it's already Christmas. <laughs> for, well, it <laughs> for was. us, not yeah, for them. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, they come in and uh, they... Are, they're, they're going to the opera and <laughs> and Karen needs to borrow Jill's yeah. opera glasses. Was opera just more popular then? I don't get... I've <laughs> never heard this many people talk about opera except on Home Improvement. Well, yeah, I think it's that we are nestled in a microcosm of people who like opera, so we just hear it more often. I just... I don't know why all these opera-loving women are marrying these gearhead dudes <laughs> who have zero interest in it all. When, yeah. When they mention opera, Tim, in a little callback, starts screaming, screaming just like yeah. before. And they're going to go see La Boheme. Which, not Madame Butterfly. Not Madame Butterfly. Yeah. Um, but it is a 1926 film uh, by King Vidor. How King Vidor? Yeah. So his first name was King? <laughs> oh, I, I actually, I don't know too much about uh, the, the history of King Vidor, but he does some, he's got some good movies. That would be so awesome if there was a king who was also a director. <laughs> if I was like the king of one of those, you know, countries like Luxembourg or Monaco or whatever yeah. that is just like a city, I would so just use my royal status to just be an awesome director. I would be Monaco's <laughs> best director. Oh. I'd make a lot of movies about, uh, let's see, playing high stakes card games and racing Formula One cars, because that seems to be all they do. <laughs> Uh, well, La Boheme is actually an opera in four acts composed by uh, Giga, Giacomo Puccini. 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 Yes. Puccini? No, it, it's Puccini. And the way that I know that is because in the Electric Light Orchestra song Rock Aria, Jeff Lynne says she loves the way Puccini lays down a tune and Wagner's always coming from her room. <laughs> I just, Were they talking about Jill? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we know that Jill is an Electric Light Orchestra fan. Did Jill date Jeff Lynne in college? Oh my god, if I needed another reason to love Jill. Jill, no, actually, that's the reason to hate. Why would you break up with Jeff Lynne, one of the foremost musicians of our time? <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee as of 2017, Jeff Lynne. Um, okay, the song Rock Aria is about Jill. This is my favorite fan theory. <laughs> this is better than Wilson is God, because Jeff Lynne is God. There you go. Uh... 
So Karen and Dave stop by. They need to get uh, the opera glasses. Uh, and then Dave follows Tim outside and says, uh, Hey, hey, Tim, I need you to do me a favor. Uh, you and me had lunch yesterday. So if Karen asks or if Jill asks, mm-hmm. uh, we went to the like Square Cat Cafe. You had a ham and cheese on rye. Uh, and with t- mustard, with mu- extra mustard, I think. Oh yeah, Tim, Tim, Tim. You know, adding mustard is like the more power of sandwiches. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah, I mean, I mean, stone ground, sure, but if you really want to like soup this baby up with some of that gray poupon. <laughs> <laughs> so Tim is asking, wait, why? I don't feel comfortable doing this. Why yeah, do you right. want me to lie? <clears throat> and Dave explains, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing someone else. He's explaining, I'm seeing this tall. Tall, sexy blonde girl, as though yeah. that somehow makes the situation better. <laughs> a lot of Dave's uh, justifications in this episode are in question. And, and, and completely invalid, just purely by the act that he's chosen to do. Also, da- Dave showing zero remorse or yeah. kind of reflection <clears throat> on what he's doing whatsoever doesn't even really tr- attempt to justify it at all. And he was portrayed as this crusading white knight of a man five episodes yeah. or four episodes ago. It's made me all the more remorseful, if you will, uh, that Al didn't get Karen in the end. Seriously, the real loot. Well, I mean, since then, though, hasn't Al, like, had one, at least one, maybe two other women since then? Well, it, was the neighbor. it, it comes up uh, later in the, the next Tool Time scene. Tim does say that Al is single. Um, which I made the note of like, oh, well, I guess it didn't work out with Cynthia next door. Well, maybe, maybe they're just not putting any labels on it, you know? <laughs> I'm touching my two index fingers together in a suggestive fashion. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. I just, like, I, I want to see an Al Karen date. I, I really do. that would be the ultimate spinoff. Yes. Oh, did we go into that before? What, Al and Karen just start their own family and that's its own show? And, yeah. I, I honestly, I I feel like that would be the much stronger spinoff of this show than Soul Man or whatever they they have <laughs> the Dan Aykroyd tried one, to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Soul Man, which we had entertained ideas of doing like a little pocket season of Home Improvement where we watch Soul Man, yeah. which is the pseudo spinoff about a priest who lives in the Taylor's neighborhood, but apparently it doesn't exist anywhere online. It was never released <laughs> yeah. on DVD. Unless, if, unless a listener out there can find it for us, uh, we would be ever grateful. Uh, but it has never been released on DVD. It's not on YouTube. Uh, unless you have a time machine to go back and watch it uh, in 1997. And unless you have some like uh, ancient alien artifacts to swap with Dan Aykroyd in exchange <laughs> for his master copies <laughs> of Soul Man. <laughs> oh my god. Um... Let me tell you, trying to get those copies of Soul Man from Dan Aykroyd is going to be nothing but trouble. <laughs> it's going to be a real Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> um, a total Caddyshack 2. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense anymore. He was in Caddyshack 2. He was, but it doesn't make sense in terms of the, the bit. It never The bit never made sense. There's a high probability of this bit getting cut out, actually. <laughs> Before we move back inside to to further this conflict, that yeah. this this bombshell that's been dropped, yeah. I do want to like um, I don't know why I was really drawn to the set de- decoration um, or just the attention to detail of the seasons. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if you noticed when Tim and uh, Dave are talking outside, uh, there's like a nice little pink sunset happening behind the tree, oh, and wow. the tree itself they've painted all the leaves like super orange to indicate 
um, autumn. Yeah, I know. I noticed the orange leaves in the last episode. I didn't, yeah, I didn't watch the the indoor sunset though. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just like it. It really helped paint the season for me. Um, so so props to the set director. Props to the props team. <laughs> it's not the props. No, team, it's not though. the props team. Yeah. Uh, okay, we need to find a prop on the show that we like so we can actually do that joke. Well, you know what? Uh, in a later scene. The Godzilla figure makes an appearance. Oh, it does. Is it been repaired? Uh, it didn't look broken. Wallace Shawn. <laughs> yeah, Shawnzilla. Shawnzilla uh, makes an appearance uh, behind Jill in one of the the scenes here. Is it having an extensive two hour long conversation with another toy about the nature of life and <laughs> acting? Yes. So Tim is out there in the backyard. Uh, Dave goes back inside to tend to the woman who he's cuckolding. Yes, and uh, Tim goes to the fence to discuss this with Wilson, who has heard everything. Yeah. Wilson is uh, looking in the mirror, trimming his own hair. Give, yeah, giving himself a haircut. This is the first time I've seen Will, uh, Wilson without a hat on. A uh, no-hat Wilson was very disorienting. <sighs> Topless Wilson was uh, <laughs> something else. It's gonna, I, I mean, that's kind of what water. it felt like. It almost felt like I was peeping in on like yeah. some sort of indecent little moment. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I should have knocked. I'm sorry, Wilson. <laughs> um... Yeah, but I, I felt uh, a he little... Was, he was totally showing off for us, though. This is this is him harassing us. We walk into his <laughs> office, and he's got his hat off. What do you think of this? God. I would like to put one count of uh, sexual misconduct against Wilson. Uh, well, okay, put him on the put him on the shitty media men list. <laughs> um, I do feel a little closer to Wilson now, uh, because... You've I, seen him... You've seen his dome? <laughs> because I've seen his dome. Well, I cut my own hair, oh. uh, and Wilson cuts his own hair, so... I'm just saying I'm one step closer to becoming an old hermit who gives advice <laughs> that can't be verified to my neighbor. <laughs> we just got to get you a fence. Also, I know... In a house. That, well, uh, that would also help. Uh, yeah. If you're an old hermit who has both a house and a backyard in L.A., you're, yeah. you're a hermit who's doing pretty well. <laughs> well, I'll move back to Michigan first. Oh, okay. Also, to everyone at home who, who just heard that Landon cuts his own hair, let me just tell you, it looks great. Dude, oh, dude's got a no, no. It's it's very well coiffed. It's it's good on it's it's short on the sides and yeah. Uh, yeah. My grandfather uh, was a barber, and uh, he used to cut the hair of the Red Wings, uh, some of the Red Wings, uh, oh. including Gordy Howe. I, if I mean, if I knew who that was, I would be more excited. But I do know that that is a hockey team in Detroit. <laughs> yes. And they were Dr. Cox's favorite team on Scrubs. Oh, there you uh, go. but that's that's very cool. Uh, how do you how as a barber do you get the like was he like the official team barber or did they just all go to his barber shop? Oh, well, I think Gordy Howe probably brought uh, a few of the other teammates along because uh, Gordy Howe is you know Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. big time um, hockey player. Uh, yeah, uh, that's all before my time, so I don't exactly know all the details firsthand, but. In my head, I'm already picturing the sitcom about your grandfather working in the barbershop where all the famous, like, Detroit people come into and just hijinks happen. <laughs> and I'm thinking about it, and that's actually very similar to the Ice Cube film Barbershop. <laughs> and potentially Barbershop 2 and maybe even Beauty Shop, so I, I, I won't pitch that idea. Um, but yeah, seeing Wilson without a hat was very bizarre. I, it threw me, for a second, I was like, who's this guy in Wilson's backyard? <laughs> Um, and he gives Tim some advice uh, about a conversation that was Aristotle had with Plato. Yes. And we get a, a really funny line. Um, this was Tim's best miss, I think, so far on the show. Uh, which I don't, I, I only write the jokes down, I don't write the setup to it. So it, give me the setup. It was, um, Wilson says something like, well, do you, well, well, Tim, you remember what uh, Aristotle said about Plato? Keep the lid on tight or it'll dry out. 
Big laughs, big laughs, big laughs. Uh, no, Tim, I mean, I don't mean Play-Doh, I mean Play-Toe. Um, it was very good. Yeah, yeah. Because I like that he didn't, like, spell out. It doesn't matter, but... Um... Wilson has learned to be a little less condescending in, in <laughs> correcting so. for his own meta-messaging. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't even remember the advice he gives him. I, I Honestly, he, he doesn't... Uh, what Wilson does here is pretty much just tell Tim the thing that just happened and summarize yeah. for the audience what what situation Tim is in. It's like, well, Tim, you can choose between taking the high road and uh, telling the truth or taking the low road and not rocking the boat. It, oh, it's all right. more or less that. It's like yeah. Tim has to choose between going along with the lie that his friend has him trapped in or being truthful to his wife and his yeah. wife's best friend. Uh, and he takes this advice uh, back inside before Dave and Karen have taken off. And um, almost immediately, Karen was like, oh, hey, uh, we, I heard that you and Dave ate at this restaurant yesterday. Um, that's one of our favorites. What'd you think? And, and she was like, oh, it was good. And she... And th- Karen is more interested in um, in this guy's lunch order than anyone has ever been in a lunch <laughs> order. Ever. She's like, did you have the pea soup? Yeah. But, it, I mean, it should be stated that she isn't asking with any kind of suspicion. She's no. just asking to ask. She, I guess she's a foodie. <laughs> guess she, guess she likes ham and cheese sandwiches. Uh, but, but then... Tim Tim does the <laughs> smartest thing I have ever seen Tim do. This this it's really real good. I, you please. <laughs> so he he plays into the idea that oh yes Dave and I had lunch at like, this place. Like I, D- Dave even like Dave kind of doubles down on it. Or it's, yeah, it's just like oh thanks again for lunch yesterday. Like Dave purposefully ropes Tim into this. Yeah yeah exactly. Uh, and Tim's like oh yeah I had the the ham and rye uh, mm-hmm. with double mustard. Yeah. Um. In fact Dave, uh, you remember who picked up the bill yesterday? I think you owe me. 20 bucks <laughs> i was so so brilliant i i now am me i just my first thought was just i i need to go make a bunch of really dishonest friends who cheat on their wives and girlfriends so i can <laughs> i can make my entire living off of getting them to give me money yeah there's something very satisfying about even the pettiest of retribution <laughs> against someone doing something bad i yeah because it's because it, dave at this point has proven himself to be human garbage so we don't care about him yeah. and it's like okay tim get some for you yeah exactly um, um but right after this exchange uh jill starts to Dave and Karen take off. Yeah. Uh, and Jill is like, you didn't have lunch with Dave yesterday. Uh, you said you were at the location all day. Yeah. And Tim's lie starts to unspool pretty quickly. And she's like, I, but, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I was at the project house. But then then I went and I met Dave. Oh, but I meet Dave. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Jill's like, but I gave, but I, I made your lunch. Yeah. And, he, and you did not, did you not eat your lunch? No, I took my lunch with me. Uh, we we ate in the car, but then why did he give you twenty bucks? Well, he bought my sandwich from me. Like right. just th- these. There's a few scenes in here of kind of who knew what when. Wait, if that happened, are you? If you <laughs> two two no's make a yes, and one yes makes it like all yeah. this wordplay that again very Frasery, and yeah. I really <laughs> yeah I enjoyed it was, this. It was good. It was a uh, kind of upper echelon uh, home improvement. Y- yeah, this was this was a series of jokes on the show that did not revolve around sight gags or <laughs> jokes about Al being a woman. Yeah. It was just sort of a social conundrum. It was yeah, all these right. people uh, trying to cover for lies that they've told each other. Uh, and buried in this, there was actually a really clever callback. Uh, when Jill starts to try and pry this information out of Tim, uh, a couple episodes ago, they get into a fight. And Jill says, you know, whenever you're lying, you repeat the thing I say back to me. Uh, and he does that here as well. Oh, man, I didn't remember this at all. Um 
so I just thought that was a clever callback within all the wordplay. Yeah. Um, but she she eventually gets the information out of Tim, and she wants to call Karen, leave her a message saying, "What's up?" Mm-hmm. Um, where do you what what side of the fence do you fall on this? Uh, of of who of this whole situation? Uh, I mean, well, well, fuck Dave in this case. Dave <laughs> is doing fuck okay. da- fuck Dave. That's the porno parody of Meet Dave. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Dave is Dave is certainly in the wrong as far as Tim. I, I think I think Tim is handling this as well as he can. Yeah. I, I really do. I, I guess I'm but on... if a close friend of yours. Yeah, says that says that he's cheating on a close friend of your significant others. Uh, you your allegiances are kind of with your friend. Yeah, and the person that you're opposing is close to your significant other, which is going to have an effect there. Do you throw your friend under the bus for? I don't the sanctity of your own marriage, maybe, I guess. I don't know if I would throw my own friend under the bus. If I was in the situation here where yes. my friend came to me and said, Hey, I'm cheating on your girlfriend's friend, uh, tell this lie, probably the first thing I would do, like Tim, is I'd say, No, 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 don't bring me into this. And if, yeah. if that was, his, you know, I would first just flat out refuse to tell the lie and say, Look, I'm not going to tell her, I will not pass on the information you've given me, but I don't want to be complicit in this and I need to tell you it's not right what you're doing. Yeah. But then, if he kind of forced my hand, like yeah, the in, way that Dave episode, does, saying I already told Karen that we had lunch. No, uh, man, I don't know, dude. I if it was my well, well, my girlfriend listens to this, so yeah, I would absolutely <laughs> tell her immediately, without without a second's hesitation. I uh, know, but I re- I would like to think that that is something that I would, I you know, that I would bring up. But yeah. at the same time, I would say, listen, you can't just turn around and tell your friend this. This is going to be devastating. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, honestly, okay, here's the real thing. If one of my friends, someone who I was close to, came to me and said, hey, I'm dating this woman, and then I am also dating someone else with no regard for your girlfriend's friend's feelings, probably it would be some soul-searching on my behalf and something I'd talk about in therapy, but ultimately <laughs> I'd come out saying, that guy's not as good of a friend as I thought he yeah, was. Yeah, right. Because that's... It would take I, you some time, I would, but you would get there. I would eventually get around to to telling the truth and not carrying water for him, but it would take me a week of probably awkwardly lying to everyone to get there. So yeah. by the end, I would be covered in as much shit as everybody else. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I mean, this is so abstract for me, but I think that the, the method I would take is um, whatever in the moment, you know, when Karen's still there... Mm-hmm as as little words as i could speak uh remain as uh, as not complicit as i can you just keep like put it uh, you put like a, a, a big hunk bar in your mouth or something <laughs> yeah. yeah something like that but i do think i would tell my significant other what happened uh shortly after and just say look we you know have to let this play out the way it plays out we mm-hmm. can't meddle um or, I don't know, I, I guess... I just eat Charleston shoes all week long <laughs> to not address it. <laughs> Wouldn't be a bad week. And any any excuse to just eat Charleston shoes Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know, it is it is tricky. Um, because you would have an allegiance to Karen. I, it's bizarre, I don't know. I guess there's no winners in this situation, so fuck Dave all, all together. Yep. Um, fuck Dave and all the little Daves inside <laughs> him. <laughs> um... 
But anyhow, so this, uh, we transition from this very long scene. Yes, well, and we transition through a bunch of weeds growing up. Oh, is that the weed transition? Because Tim, Tim has got a souped up weed, weed whacker. So yeah, yeah, weird weird green things grow up and then get chopped into three yeah. pieces. And boy, is he in the weeds now. Ayo! Topical. <laughs> uh, we cut to the garage, I think maybe the day later. Um, yeah. Tim has come over, or, uh, Dave has come over to give Tim um, this part for the, the hot rod. And they some, have some part that he needs that only Dave has, and nowhere but in Dave's Motor a mechanic. City. Yeah, but in in Detroit, where cars come from, you can't find <laughs> this one part Fair. anywhere else. Yeah, right. Um, but Dave has purchased it for him as a thank you for keeping your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this leads to a bit of a, a confrontation um, between the two of them. Him saying like, you know, because Jill comes in during this. Uh, and she's like real cold to Dave, Ooh. real angry. Yeah. And this like leads to Dave going, You told her. Yeah. Uh she's gonna tell Karen, I'm gonna be in deep shit now. Thanks a lot, dude. Let me just I'm gonna quick can I jump in quickly? Please jump in, man. Tim cannot keep a secret from Jill. Jill cannot keep a secret from Dave. Is it any wonder that Mark is always blowing everyone's plans wide open? <laughs> <laughs> Something in their genetic material is just this inability to lie in this family. Uh, yeah, I can see that. And <laughs> so this this scene kind of ends with Dave getting angry at Tim for blowing his cover, even though Karen hasn't found out yet, and stripping the part away from him. He just, like, takes it out of his hand. And I don't know if you heard this, but <laughs> there was one person either on the production crew or in the audience who just goes, Oh, dude! <laughs> <laughs> like you can you can be mad at your friend but don't take his car parts away you, you promised never, him that you never mess with a man's car parts <laughs> i got his picture this guy just like throwing his tool time hat on the ground and marching out of the studio <laughs> this is the last straw home improvement has lost a viewer dear mr finestria <laughs> i was very disappointed he's typing this on his typewriter uh, to see the thing on clack, your clack, show clack, clack, clack. i'm yeah. doing the sound effects for you i will I will tolerate infidelity on television, but what I will not tolerate is a guy promising to give someone a piece for his hot rod and then taking it away at the last second. <laughs> that is a bridge too far. Put up a trigger warning. <laughs> yeah, so but that's a pretty short scene that leads uh, to a scene shortly thereafter, I would assume, uh, where Dave ends up calling uh, the house and Tim answers. Um, yeah. Apparently, Karen has broken up with Dave. Yeah. Without even hearing about uh, the the girl who he was cheating with, yeah. Dave is still pissed at Tim and still doesn't give him the piece that he wants. But so Tim tells this to Jill and says, hey, yeah, it turns out they, yeah, she she broke up with him without even hearing about it. And Jill says... <laughs> Every relationship I've ever had. <laughs> Jill says, oh, yeah, well, she was saying they were having problems. She was saying she was thinking she was going to break up with him. And then Tim is pissed because... Yeah. Jill has had this inside information that the relationship wasn't going well anyway, mm-hmm. but she never shared it with him. And at this point, their fight their fight gets so complicated about who knew what when. <laughs> yes. It's it's like it, it's very middle schooly. It, it's like it, yeah. The the comparison I was going to make was was the complicated web of allegiances in the story Dune, but I think high school <laughs> uh, middle school is a lot that that's that's probably, probably a little easier. Uh, but yeah, there, there's so much back and forth, and like, if you said this and this, and then that means that, and mm-hmm. I couldn't even really tell, even a- actively watching and trying to take notes, I couldn't tell like what the battle lines were and who was yeah. mad at who. Well, the whole argument was, Jill poses this thing saying, well, that's a secret you tell versus a secret you don't tell, yeah. which is hers, and she's trying to delineate the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Tim doesn't understand 
we don't understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but Jill, Jill ends up being a little bit in the wrong here. I would say so. You can always, t- whenever Jill's in the wrong, it it, it just feels a little different. <laughs> uh, it's true. Yeah, but it, it's the same. It's it's shades of a battle of wheels where she puts this pottery wheel in the garage makes a deal with Tim that if it bothers him, she'll leave. And then when Tim is saying, this bothers me, she just refuses to acknowledge the terms of their existing agreement. It's yeah, that kind of, right. I'm just being unreasonable. You know, I gave you all this crap for keeping a secret from me, and I was keeping this secret from you, and it's okay because of a double standard. <laughs> to be fair, women uh, are the, uh, women are burned by double standards all the time. Yeah. So I guess you could make some argument that Jill has the right to enforce a couple of unfair double standards in the opposite direction, but I don't feel good about that. I don't yeah. know. It's bizarre. Um, How bizarre? (laughs) How bizarre? How bizarre? I gotta stop talk singing. Why do I do this? But this takes us to tool time. Yes. Let's let's step away from this this complicated web of infidelity. Which is exactly what this subplot was written for. (laughs) And uh, go back to the set of tool time where we have a wood smelling... challenge on our hands uh now the transition to get to this scene is the screen correct me if i'm wrong here basically wads up into a piece of what looks like garbage and gets catapulted backwards into the next scene and into one of the big oil drums on oh interesting is that like a foreshadowing of what's to come i i didn't understand it at the time but now with the benefit of hindsight i think that's it interesting also multiple transitions now have had the previous scene get crumpled up and thrown into that oil drum on tool time. <laughs> so I wonder if at the end of the season, Lisa's going to just take it out back and empty all these transitions out into the dumpster. <laughs> Including her own tool time career. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she jumps just, in after it. The, the, the season two finale is just her walking into a sunset with a bag full of transitions <laughs> over her shoulder and the theme to the Incredible Hulk is playing. <laughs> no, the... <laughs> <laughs> I think her her last scene on Home Improvement is it just kind of fades to her staring into a snow globe of the Home Improvement set. <laughs> and like her dad comes in and it's like, what does she see in that snow globe? <laughs> oh, um And it makes sense, they're in Canada. Yeah. Let's let's do a little Pam's Corner. Error Pam's <laughs> Labyrinth. <laughs> um this one is less about Pamela Anderson, but just an uh, interesting fact I This didn't is more know. about corners, less about Pam. <laughs> um you know her movie Barbed Wire? How could I forget her movie? With the one movie you can always count on having on HBO. (laughs) Uh, Hey, I want to see The Martian. That was a good movie that came out. Oh, no, no, not that. But Barbed Wire. Barbed Wire. I've actually never seen Barbed Wire. Apparently, and this is like more uh, fuel for me to want to see it. um, It's supposed to be a futuristic remake of Casablanca, which is my favorite movie of all time. Can't wait, Casablanca is your favorite movie of all time. Yeah. That's your that's your number one. Yeah, very good, man. Yeah. Very good. Uh, I I have not seen Barbed Wire myself. I have. Um, well, I remember as a child uh, at the video store, the the box cover for Barbed Wire was. Oh, I've seen the box cover. For I oh, I appreciated the box cover <laughs> for Barbed Wire. Uh, but and I remember I've read I read a lengthy synopsis recap later in life of Barbed Wire explaining and picking apart how ridiculous it was <laughs> that this movie with the star of the, it's like this dystopian futuristic sexy Casablanca. That's so weird. But I had never known she's where she's like Humphrey Bogart. Right? She's playing Rick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's she's interesting. Well, more like more like Rack. You know. Hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, you have way more barbed wire uh, trivia than I do. You thought you were the king of Pam's Corner, and yet <laughs> here we are. I've been usurped. 
Yes. Um, so I'm going to have to call Pam's coroner to uh, take away your dead trivia body. Uh, there's a King Vidor joke in there, maybe. More kings. Um, and that's been uh, Pam's Corner for this week. I don't know what that was. I'm going to miss that sound effect next season. <laughs> um, okay, so we're, we're on tool time, and we've got the wood smelling contest. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot that that's where we went to Pam's Corner on. Um, uh, Tim blindfolds Al for the wood smelling. Yep. There there are three pieces of wood yes. laid out on the desk. So uh, an eagle-eyed observer, someone who's watched the show before, might assume that some weird stuff is going to go down with the third one. <laughs> so Al correctly identifies the first two. Yes. And then while getting the third one ready, uh, Tim takes off one of his shoes and cheekily lays a sweaty sock yeah. uh, on top of this plank and then hands the, uh, hands the thing to Al. Uh, Al takes a huge <clears throat> sniff. <laughs> yes, just right, right nose deep into the sock. Yeah. And, and he says... He, has, he just like immediately goes, whoa! Yeah. And like almost hits Tim with the, with the log. <laughs> yeah, we almost have a Bob Vila incident on our hands. And, and he says something like, well, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's from the Pacific Northwest, but it, it's got some sort of fungus or rot in it. <laughs> and what I was honestly hoping was that, I was hoping that the way that this scene would play out was that Al's superior nose would, like, he would start saying embarrass, things that embarrassed him. Like, yeah. like, oh man, this smells like, it smells like this, this tree has been ingesting, like, Limburger cheese or something like <laughs> Like, it turns into an extended riff on how bad Tim's feet smell. Yeah. I just wondered, like, you know, it has less to do with the snock, snock sniffing? Snossages. <laughs> snock sniffing is a Roald Dahl movie uh, book. <laughs> Anyhow, um, that Tim's, like, Tim has an idea of comedy in terms of the rule of three mm-hmm. and, you know, set up a premise or whatever and then the payoff on the third one. And I'm wondering, in my mind, like... Tim Allen clearly is a comedian and knows the rule three, but Tim Taylor, uh, in order to have some sort of basis for comedy knowledge, I'm painting a scenario in my head of like when Michael Scott is in his improv class, like Tim Taylor must have gone through some sort of second city training, uh, back in the day. Well, well, remember when he's staying with Al and, and his, his dream entertainment, two of the three things he suggests are Roadrunner, uh, and, uh, Three Stooges. Yes. So he probably learned about the rule of threes from just watching lots of cartoons. That's fair. Uh, also, there is a Laurel and Hardy short called La Boheme. Based on the opera, I would assume, right? Uh, probably not. They scream when they, when they hear the name of it. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's a silent movie, but they just they dub it uh, the scream over top. That was actually the first thing that uh, that was ever heard. It wasn't the jazz singer; it was right. them here in the word opera. Uh, the the thing that Al sniffing the sock repeatedly reminded me of. There was a, a viral video I saw recently um, from England. All the best funny videos of people doing dumb things seem to come from England because their accents <laughs> are so uh, incongruous with what what's going on. Yeah. But it's uh, someone's someone's mother is playing some sort of VR game or watching some VR movie that's scary, and she's sitting there on a table, or she's sitting there in a chair at a table, and her little terrier dog jumps up in her lap, and she grabs the dog in fear, not realizing that she's grabbed the dog's ass, and so she's cuddling the dog's ass toward her head and nuzzling it, because she's so scared, <laughs> and her family is just cracking up, and she doesn't realize how foul this thing she's oh doing is. Oh my god, is. that's so funny. And that reminds me of, uh, of what Al was doing, <laughs> yeah. sniffing a sock. Uh, and he sniffs it so hard, and it's so gross that he drops it, and of course goes on Tim's barefoot. Tim started a joke, but what he couldn't see was that the joke was on him. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, and so what ends up happening here, um, we transition into the backyard um, where the catapult nonsense goes on. And, well, yeah, and, and I think it's first they're back at home where Tim and Jill are, like, Tim goes to Jill in the living room and it's like, hey. Oh, that, that happens right after the uh, oh. the catapult. Okay. So we, we go from the catapult scene that we already covered into inside and uh, Tim's like, you know, I think, Jill, you need to apologize to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, why don't you take us through this Jill exchange here? Well, first she goes, oh, yeah. Well, okay, I'm sorry. And goes that no, that's no, that's not enough. No, no, you yeah, never you, let me get away with an apology. Yeah, like exactly. That. Well played, Tim. <laughs> and so Jill says, "Okay, okay, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right." And she gets up and she rearranges the pillows on the couch and she lays back like she's on a fainting couch, like she's got a case of the vapors. <laughs> Raise her hand to the yeah. And she says, "Oh, Tim, Tim, I'm so sorry. I I could have lied to you so." Henceforth, I shall not be Jill Taylor, Taylor, but just Jill, who was wrong. (laughs) Uh, And this is one instance where your accent is not a parody of what she's doing. My accent is refined and tasteful compared to the parody of her own accent that Jill does. Yes. And then Tim starts doing a southern accent back, and he's shaking up this soda can that he's got. Yeah. And again, breaking the checkoff rule because it never explodes. Oh, you're right, man. What do you, what's the show got against checkoff? <laughs> uh, it, they've got to check that off the. No, uh, <laughs> shaking the can of soda, saying and he's saying something back to her in a southern accent. He's, yeah. he's like, I'm just going to do this to you because because now you have to apologize to me for how bad your accent is. Yeah. I really wish you would stop doing that. <laughs> What, 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 what motion. the motion where I'm just moving my my right hand back and forth, kind of rotating on my wrist <laughs> yes. with my with my thumb and forefingers. <laughs> what does this look like? Something else to you? This is just how I shake up my diet coke cans before spraying them on people. Jesus, uh, I, I'm I'm sorry. This is sexual harassment. I'm 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 going down next. This is your Me Too moment. Um, so Tim chases Jill outside, threatening to spray a soda on her. Uh, Jill gets doubles back and goes back inside and then tim gets hit with the garbage flung by the mcdougall brothers next door <laughs> by the andretti brothers and we get um a weird pause like a, a freeze frame yeah, which yeah. doesn't happen on this show it was very strange yeah we have this freeze frame of a bunch of junk hitting tim and him kind of shielding himself yeah all i can assume is that maybe the maybe the bit like didn't play out as well like maybe it didn't look it certainly great didn't play it. very well on screen. Oh well, Mister Mister <laughs> Criticism here, Mister. Well, can... Am I wrong? Was it? Uh, I mean, it felt incongruous with the show. It wasn't very funny. It wasn't very funny. No, I'm just saying, like, oh, he got hit by the garbage. Like it didn't. Maybe it looked like unconvincing, or the yeah. thing didn't. The, the, oh right, yeah. I see what maybe you're a boom mic drops into frame or something after. <laughs> it uh, didn't stop an thing. earlier shot. No, no. There, I saw two booms in this. <laughs> boom spotting. <laughs> um. There's a boomstick joke in there to call back to Bruce Campbell, but I'm not going to. And there's a Boomhauer joke and a callback to King of the Hill. (laughs) Um, And yeah, then we go into some outtakes of Tim and Jill um, messing up their lines. Tim drops the receiver of the phone. Yeah. I think the only only other thing I'd notice is that the transition from them in the living room to them outside mm. where tim is is shaking up the soda can i won't make that motion where tim <laughs> is shaking up the soda can the screen uh, uh the oh, image, that's right it turns it wraps uh, kind of like the candle transition yeah it turns into a cylinder but the cylinder is a can of cola yeah but it's binford cola binford cola and then it boink 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 hops away into the blackness of the void <laughs> binford cola i want i wants it Really? I want to, well, I gotta try it, man. Mm. Yeah. Life's too short. I don't, to I don't even drink soda, and I would 
try a Benford soda. I'm going to say probably isn't good, but one has to say, <laughs> you know, I'll, it'll be as good as Crystal Pepsi. Do you think, what was that like caffeinated soda? Not Surge, but Jolt. there was... Was it Jolt? Was Jolt like cola flavor? Jolt cola, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that has more power. <laughs> exactly, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. It's going to be, uh, yeah, Binford has to have a more power. Yeah, they uh, sell plant. everything else. They're basically Kirkland. <laughs> except except everything Kirkland sells is amazing, and everything Binford sells is broken or crappy in so, some way. Yeah, Binford has power tools as their mainstay. They've got now Binford Soda, uh, Binford Sports Balls. Binford Camping Equipment. That, camping that, Equipment. That is a disaster waiting to happen. Your <laughs> electrified snow pants. Um, yeah, I wonder, what, what do you think the next Binford product's going to be? Uh, Binford Fidget Spinners. Uh, <laughs> Binford Babies, which are like Beanie Babies. Uh, Binford Pogs. Those probably actually exist. They probably made those. Um... I don't know, maybe, uh, and I guess Binford, uh, comically, uh, fat ties. <laughs> well, they are already in the boxer short game, uh, cause Tim was wearing Binford boxers a couple episodes ago. Uh, the, I, t- home improvement takes place in this dystopian world where Binford is the one mega corporation that manufactures everything. <laughs> Binford brother. Binford green is people! <laughs> Oh, my. Uh, do you have anything else for this episode? That's it. All right. Well, uh, the show notes will be posted, as always, uh, on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. Uh, if you enjoyed this week's episode, please share it wherever you can. It really helps others find us. Plus, every time you share us, we'll sell you our sandwich for only $10. Ooh. Competitive prices. It's a deal. It's the holiday season. Yeah. Uh, Take any competitor's sandwich coupon to us, and we will honor them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a ham and cheese, man. I don't like oh, ham okay, that much fair. anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 but we'll right. keep the extra mustard. <laughs> that's all. That's all us. Uh, on our website, you can sign up for our newsletter, um, which is the best way to get notifications for new episodes. And probably one of the best newsletters out there, I think. Ever, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. You can also follow us on the social media channels at GruntworkPod. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, uh, well, I've been Truman Caps. Who have you been? Uh, mostly landed Solano. I did change midway through, but I'm back. I, I, I was Jill briefly there. I don't know if you heard my very convincing impression. <laughs> I did, yes. Yeah. Uh, but for grunt work, we'll see you next week. Stay grunty. <laughs> grunty? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs>